0: Welcome to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl back with you here on our midweek edition of the All Southern Program. You can reach us at y'all.com is the official website for the Y'all Show and All Things Southern. yal Our phone number is 803-816-1170. Call or text that number, question, comment, suggestion, praise, criticism, donations, uh, if I owe you money, call that number. I don't think I do, though. 803-816-1170. We'd love to hear from you here. Hope you are doing well. Yes, we're still getting through the Thanksgiving blues, but we've got Christmas on our way, and people are shopping already. They've been shopping. They're going to keep shopping. Whether they truck on down into the store on their with their car and on foot, or they're letting their fingers do the walking on an iPhone or laptop, and they're purchasing it, and it's coming via UPS or FedEx, or good old USPS, don't want to leave them out because we want their rates to stay low. Everybody use the Postal Service so we don't have another rate hike on our our stamps. I can't afford higher postage, although I seem to be managing okay when they make the little one cent, two cent increases, but no, we don't want to see them double or anything quite like that. On today's y'all show, we're going to have all kinds of good stuff coming your way. Later this hour, Precious Harris will be stopping by with the Nashville Music Line Report, and we're going to talk about Carly Pierce, and we're going to talk about a long-haired country guy that ended up shaving, and well, he didn't shave, he cut his hair a good bit, he's got a more business look now, but the ladies think he's really cute, and I like his music, and we're going to have some info on that coming up as he celebrated a birthday this week, and we've got a trivia question regarding this country singer. From Arkansas way in coming up later this hour and when we move to hour two we'll start it off with a little hashtag hullabaloo our favorite part of the show probably because of all the wacky stuff that you all provide us here we love it go to our twitter account and tweet at us and let us know what's going on y'all and that is at y'all show is the official twitter account of the y'all show talk with a southern accent so, hashtag huddleblue to start hour two. Then we'll move into the ACC spotlight. They've got a championship game at Bank of America Stadium Saturday night featuring Clemson and the Pitt Panthers. And Jonathan Lifeheight of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com is going to be swinging by with his ACC power report. And we'll discuss the championship game. We'll talk about Mac Brown. Coming back to Chapel Hill, he'll be the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels at 67, and he'll be 68 when he actually takes the reins of the program when the season starts off in 2019. Mac Brown, who coached UNC back in the 80s, coming back home, if you want to call it that, to Chapel Hill after being out of coaching for a couple of years and taking over that program in the ACC. So we'll get Jonathan's take on that. Plus, just up the road, eight miles from Chapel Hill, you'll find Durham and the Duke basketball team had a loss over the Thanksgiving break. We'll tell you about that and how that loss had them drop a few spots in the latest AP poll for college basketball. Our ACC spotlight an hour or two today of the Y'all program with John Rawl. All right, what's going on, y'all? Well, as we've talked about earlier in the week, the state of Mississippi had a big special election on Tuesday. And as expected, but it could have gone the other way. But as expected, Cindy Smith wins... She was the interim senator, and now she becomes the first woman ever officially elected to the Senate from the state of Mississippi. She got roughly a 10-digit win over Mike Espy, and it was a, a big win. As again, President Trump went down to Mississippi on Monday, campaigned for her in Tupelo and in Biloxi. Mike Espy, I didn't realize this, he had President Obama make some recorded calls that went out via telephone to constituents across Mississippi to try to get them to come out and vote for him. But again, everything really not just in Mississippi but in the South and really in the whole country, a lot of politics comes down to race. And if you go and look at the numbers, sure enough, in the black areas, they almost all went big time for Espy. And in the white areas, they almost all went for Smith. And that's the way it was in the presidential election, and that's the way it will be and probably will always be. But Mississippi has the largest percentage of blacks in any state in the country. And Mike Espy, a formidable opponent. I'll give him a lot of credit. He's a, a guy that comes across very classy. Of course, he's a, a guy that was actually the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture during the President Clinton era and had been a congressman representing Mississippi prior to that. And Espy's po- a polished guy. And he lost, but to his credit, go back and watch his concession speech that he gave in Jackson. On Tuesday night, he told his supporters who were kind of started booing when he mentioned that he had kind of conceded the election. He pretty much said them said to his his own fans, "No, no, 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 I called her, and she's our senator, and I'm gonna pray for her a really cool really cool gesture, Mike Espy, and you know he's a guy who probably hadn't lost a lot of elections in his life, maybe ever he lost this one, but he put up a pretty good fight. And as he said, he only had eight months to run this campaign. This was a special election. And as he said, if he had had two years of planning and preparation and groundwork, this seat could have flipped, especially with the, uh, what do you want to call it, the landmines that Cindy Smith set for herself with her comments leading into the election. Now, this win by Smith is a big one. It gives President Trump 53 Republican Senate seats in the U.S. Senate. 53-47 is the ratio now in the Senate. A big win. Now, the Democrats want to take great pride in saying that they won the House. And sure enough, they won. They got, I think, a 40-vote swing in the U.S. House. So if you're a Democrat, you should be proud. You have a check and balance on the White House. And that should make you feel real good. You're going to have subpoena power. That should make you feel good. However, Republicans have just as much right to boast about the Senate because, look, when you have a 50 or 51 vote lead in the Senate on controversial measures, and you're having to kiss up to people like Susan Collins of Maine, which is what they had to do with the Kavanaugh vote, and she by no means is a Southern conservative. She is from Maine, and she is pretty liberal in most people's eyes. And I would say in my own eye, yes, she is. But she voted for Kavanaugh. She put on a heck of a speech to to, to explain her support for the U.S. Supreme Court justice. But now with a, a little bit of wiggle room, President Trump, he can lose a, a Susan Collins if there's a, a real controversial type person up for a, a, a spot. And Collins may bail on him, and you may have the... Murkowski from Alaska bail on him, but Cindy Smith's not going to bail on President Trump. She owes her political life right now to Donald J. Trump. She pretty much said so, but if, even if she didn't say it, it's pretty obvious she would not have won this election if he'd not stuck with her, supported her, came and voted for her and rallied whatever rally need to happen to get conservatives out to the polls on Tuesday. And she is the new senator for Mississippi. Now, if you're sitting there as a liberal across the South and you're saying, oh, how could this woman, this racist woman, this Confederate-type woman win in Mississippi? Let me tell you, this woman is really not that conservative. She was a Democrat prior to 2010. She will not fly the state of Mississippi flag at her Senate office in Washington, D.C., nor will the other senator for Mississippi, Roger Wicker. They are ashamed of the state of Mississippi's current state flag. So before you go throwing stones and calling her a backwoods redneck, Confederate type senator politician, as a guy who likes the state of Mississippi flag, I'm not too happy that she does that. I'm not happy at all. And I'm not happy that Mississippi <laughs> I'm gonna pick on her. How could a woman okay, I'm okay, she made history. She's a woman. She got elected the first Senate senator from Mississippi. To be elected, but you know what's even more startling? That that's not even that startling to have a senator be elected in today's world as a as a female. It's really not that startling to have a female governor anymore. Just about every state pretty much has had a governor that's a female. Mississippi, I don't think's had one. Alabama's got one right now. I don't think Georgia's had one. I know South Carolina had one, and, and Nikki Haley, and other states have had them. I don't know if Tennessee's had one now that I think about it, but, but most states, about half of them at least, have had a female governor. But what's shocking is, Cindy Smith has a hyphenated name. Her name is Cindy Hyde hyphen Smith, and did you ever think Mississippians would support a woman with a hyphenated name? Because there aren't that many of them out there. I'm sorry, if you're hyphenated, you have to realize that that's a very uncommon thing in the South, and to have a hyphenated name is a, a little bit weird. In, in the South. And I would argue not even conservative. You find hyphenated names oftentimes with liberals. Okay, I know that's not very scientific, but that's that's my opinion. But it's probably true. But anyway, Cindy Smith, I won't even call her Cindy Hyde-Smith. Her last name in that hyphenated name is Smith, and that's what I call her, Cindy Smith. She wins, and she goes to Washington. She got on a plane at 4.30 this morning in Jackson to fly back to the U.S. Capitol to get back to work. Now, here's a guy that did not win his Senate effort, Beto O'Rourke. Beto Beto. I think his real name is Robert. Well, he lost to Ted Cruz back on November 6th, but he's not going away quietly. He's a congressman representing El Paso, and some people are saying he may be running for president in 2020. Well, this could be a presidential move because taking a page out of George W. Bush's playbook, And Rick Perry's playbook, they are hating on Confederate symbolism in the state of Texas. As Rick Perry went against a state license plate for the Sons of Confederate Veterans when he was governor, hoping to be president, and President Bush had some kind of plaque removed when he was governor, hoping to be president. Well, Beto O'Rourke, who's not in Austin representing in state government, he's a U.S. congressman, He's calling for the removal of a Confederate plaque that hangs in the Texas State Capitol Building. And he tweeted on Tuesday, take it down today. The plaque contains the children of the Confederacy's creed, which is a statement that pledges, quote, to study and teach the truths of history, one of the most important of which is that it was the war between the states and not a rebellion, nor was it its underlying cause to sustain slavery. And this is been a little bit of a contentious subject for some in Austin, but now Beto O'Rourke getting in on the bandwagon to remove that plaque from the Texas Capitol, which they have a lot of Confederate connections in Texas. They even have a lot of Confederate connections in Austin. I've been to Austin and just across, I think the street from the state Capitol is several Confederate headstones in the, in the cemetery right there. Texas was a big time Confederate state. It was the third state to leave the union and join the confederacy back in 1861 but beto o'rourke maybe he's seeing that as a avenue to the white house remember there's another name out there that's using confederate symbolism to kind of maybe make a push for the 2020 election and that would be former lieutenant governor of louisiana and former mayor of new orleans mitch landrew and he has written a book about taking down the monuments in New Orleans. Some see him as a a real contender, perhaps, for Democratic nominee for president in 2020. So he's he's already done that. And don't be fooled. I still think Nikki Haley, after leaving the U.N. at the end of December, she says she's not going to run in 2020 for president. I believe it when I see it. And I, I think... That there's a, a 50-50 chance that she's going to run as a Republican in a primary against President Trump. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. But she, of course, sprung to national attention when she had the state flag removed from the state house grounds in South Carolina. The Confederate flag, I should say, that was on a side of Memorial there right in front of the Capitol in Columbia. So I, I see that she's going to always use that as a springboard to show how she has done these great things in her opinion. I don't think it's great, but she thinks it's great. And the national media sure loves it. But yeah, she on the Republican side may be pulling a similar trick. If she doesn't run in 2020, I know she's got 2024 on her radar. Uh, The former governor and UN ambassador by the time next year rolls around. But Beto O'Rourke getting on the action in the state of Texas. Now, one more political story I want to tell you about before we take a break and keep talking about more headlines. After losing close governor's races in Georgia and Florida, both Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum are now joining other black leaders to oppose one of Donald Trump's picks for a lifetime federal judgeship. In a joint statement released Tuesday, Abrams and Gillum said that the Senate should reject Thomas Farr's nomination to a district court in North Carolina the Democrats say Farr has a, quote, discrimination ideology that threatens the voting rights of non-whites. As a Republican attorney, Farr defended North Carolina laws that federal courts have found discriminatory against black voters. And we'll see what happens there. But yes, Gillum and Abrams in the news, also losers back on November 6th, but they're, they're keeping their name. Could both of these folks end up being in the 2020 discussion? I'm sure both of them would have definitely been in had they won back on November 6th. But as losers, how good of a chance do you have? Hey, after Donald Trump won in 2016, the, the big kahuna winning the, the, the president of the United States in his first ever effort at politics. Anything's possible, y'all. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll continue with a look around the South and later this hour. We're going to talk to Precious Harris about country music. So that is all coming up here on the Y'all Show with John Roll. Stay with us.
1: Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 thank you for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 Thank You at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited-time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 thank you for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee
2: restrictions apply. The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by dell for more Cyber Week deals. I used to post to job boards.
1: Only to sort through tons of resumes.
2: Just to find a few candidates for my sales team, my hair salons.
1: That old process was not, not smart.
2: smart. Then I went to ZipRecruiter.
1: Its technology scans resumes for me to find the right people.
2: And actively invites them to apply.
1: So I get qualified candidates fast. Smart. See why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. That's ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Based on Trustpilot rating of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews.
0: Back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Appreciate you joining us here. Got good stuff coming up in a few minutes from Precious Harris. And she'll have country music news and notes. And then in an hour two, our ACC Spotlight. Looking at headlines from around the region right now to Florida we go. And a police chief there has pled guilty to framing innocent black residents for burglaries. And he's now been sentenced to three years in prison. And this happened to the former police chief in Biscayne Park, Florida. Raimondo Estanio, and he pled guilty on a conspiracy charge of depriving three suspects of their civil rights because he and the officers charged them without a legal basis. And now he's been sentenced to three years in prison, this former police chief in Florida. So that is not a good headline for those in law enforcement for this man to go off to jail as a former police chief in the state of Florida. President Donald Trump is now threatening to end General Motors' electric car subsidies. This follows GM's decision this week to shut down plants in several states. One was in Maryland, which we claim Maryland is a southern state, but they also had a plant in Ohio that I know was affected, and I think one in New York as well as one in Canada. And Mary Barra, I think is her name, the CEO of GM, said that the plan to shut these plants down is to boost cash flow by shutting down in jettison struggling sedans from the company's lineup. I know the Chevy Cruze was made in Ohio, and sedans just don't sell. People want SUVs, and they want pickup trucks. And President Trump, who has made a big deal out of the Rust Belt, keeping jobs there, bringing jobs to those places, places that helped get him elected, this was a shot in the gut. And he's someone who's had the president of GM on more than one occasion to the White House for meetings and such. And he wants retaliation for their decision to cost Americans their jobs. And it's not just the employees of the car plant that are affected by this. It's all the people in that community. Because most of these folks have pretty pretty good jobs. They have pretty good paying jobs at places like General Motors. And the whole community, the whole state is affected when these shutdowns happen and layoffs happen as GM looks to shave money and and get right on the side of the books. Now, what makes President Trump mad? And he he tweeted on this, about this on Tuesday, that the government came to their rescue 10 years ago. And I think he said something like, and this is the thanks we get. Them announcing that they're going to be trying to shut down. And they're wanting to push toward electric cars, I think, built in China. And I know he wants them probably to be built right in the good old U.S. of A., But not a good story, especially with things going so well from the economy standpoint to have General Motors, one of the icons of American automobile fame, shutting down plants in areas where they shouldn't be shutting down. Now, I think part of that is that these places I just mentioned were not in the South. And there's a big difference between northern auto plants and right-to-work auto plants in the South where they don't have unions Making these people get paid tons of money compared to what they would get paid if they were in the south making the same automobile. And I don't know if you like unions you probably hate what I just said, but it's it's fact. Absolute fact. It's a lot better for the company to make cars in the south than in the north if it's a state with a right to work option. Now, along the lines of getting paid well, Shelby County in Tennessee where Memphis is. The workers of that county are now going to get $15 an hour as the Shelby County Commission approved a resolution this week proposed by County Mayor Lee Harris, and it will raise the minimum wage on January 1st to $15 an hour. 340 current county employees will see their pay increase. Shelby County, Tennessee's current minimum wage is $14.48 an hour. But we've been hearing Bernie Sanders and more talk about 15 bucks an hour. Well, in Sheba County, right on the banks of the Mississippi, they're going to get 15 bucks an hour now. Bernie, you ought to be happy about that. A Florida man uh, has allegedly beat a seven-week-old girl to death while changing her diaper. As Artem Edelman, age 29, was home alone with the young girl on November 17th when the alleged incident occurred, And this happened in Largo, Florida. Authorities were called to the house after reports of an unresponsive child, and the child's mother was at work, and Edelman reportedly started dating the mom while she was pregnant. Uh, An emergency crew came and tried to stabilize the young child at the home and rushed her to a nearby hospital where she ended up being placed on life support. And reportedly, Edelman told the police that he found the girl unresponsive, but it turns out Edwin later later allegedly admitted to punching the girl in the head and shaking her out of frustration while changing her diaper, and the young child suffered a severe skull fracture and several fractured ribs. He was charged with first-degree murder on Monday, a seven-week-old girl dying from this man punching her in the head after becoming frustrated changing her diaper. Can you believe it? All right. Believe this, we're going to have spring football to watch in just a few months, thanks to the Alliance. The Alliance of American Football is coming your way with teams, many of which are in the Southeast, and I'm excited because we have uniforms. We had some uniforms debuted on Tuesday, and I'm a uniform nerd. I love uniforms, and I love cool uniforms. And from what I'm seeing, some of these look pretty good for the Alliance. Remember, Steve Spurrier is going to be a head coach of the Orlando team. And in case you haven't paid attention, I've got a list of some of the franchises here on the Y'all Show to maybe go get your tickets. Game start in February. One of the teams playing this year is the Birmingham Iron, I-R-O-N. Birmingham Iron is in the Alliance League as well as the Memphis Express Salt Lake Stallions the Atlanta Legends, the San Antonio Commanders, the Orlando Apollos coached by Steve Spurrier, the San Diego Fleet, and the Arizona Hotshots. Those are just some of the teams if not all of them I don't know how many they actually have that are in this brand new football league. I think it's going to do pretty good. And the reason for that is I think we need a spring football league. People like we we like football. Why not play it in the spring, especially if you got it in some decent towns like what I just mentioned? San Diego deserves a football team. They got the San Diego Fleet suiting up in 2019 in the Alliance. But another thing is, with the new rule with the Supreme Court ruling on sports betting, I think that's going to help propel this league, and you're going to have people watching and betting, and it, it, it's it's going to be I think it's going to be a hit. So there there you have it. I'm I'm calling it early here. And our final headline of today's y'all show as we look across headlines from the region. Can you believe this luck? Okay, or yeah, this is luck. This is just purity luck. And and I'm I'm real jealous because this involves a lottery ticket and it involves my favorite NFL team, the Carolina Panthers. As a woman in North Carolina went to the North Carolina Education Lottery, and she went to, I guess, to a convenience store to participate in the lottery, and she meant to get a Carolina Panthers lottery game ticket on Sunday. I guess she was feeling the Sunday fever of NFL. And the store clerk gave her the wrong kind of ticket back when she purchased it. She gave her a 777 ticket instead of a Carolina Panthers branded lottery ticket there in the state of North Carolina. The woman, who is Zernia Carmichael, and she's from Goldsboro, North Carolina, she said she would normally have asked the clerk to give what she asked for, but she decided to keep it. I guess it was the spirit of Sunday, and she didn't want to make a big deal. So she went outside. She started scratching off the card in her car, and she thought she'd only won $7. But instead, the 777 tickets she had, she kept scratching, and she saw a bunch more sevens. And it turns out Carmichael had won $277,000 and seven. Well, two seven 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 seven. So it's $277,000, $777, whatever that is, two seven seven comma seven seven seven. And after all the income and federal and state taxes, she's going to end up taking home just under 200,000. And she said part of that's going to help get her a new car. But uh, what a luck, what a lucky break. And hey, Zernia, we're happy for you there in North Carolina. And Maybe the Panthers will give you a t shirt, even though you meant to support them, but you got the 77s seven ticket instead. And here you are with $200,000 running around spending money in North Carolina. When we come back, we're going to go to Nashville, Music City, USA. Precious Harris has a music report. Oh, it's going to be a good one. I know it. I can feel it. That's coming up next year on The Y'all Show. Hang around, will you?
3: Fragrance makes for dreamy holiday gifts and Ulta Beauty is the place to get them. So gift your impossible to impress daughter an irresistible scent from Clinique My Happy and gift your hard to please sister a fruity and floral scent from KKW Fragrance. And then get ready to gift yourself too because when you buy a fragrance of $50 or more, you'll get a free plush throw or luxury robe for having the good sense to gift great sense. Get ready to gift, get ready to glam, get ready to shine brighter. Ulta Beauty, the possibilities are beautiful.
1: When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore, and it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Use as directed.
0: that cowboy had to cover up his horns and back we are on the Y'all Show Wednesday Hump Day edition of the All Southern Program and we love to talk music here on Wednesdays on the Y'all Show and bring on from Nashville Music City USA Precious Harris and we have a song playing right there in the background from Broken Heartsville and I'm going to ask a trivia question here to start things off with Precious and this is a November-related trivia question about an artist who celebrated his birthday this week. And it was the first number one hit for the singer singing that song, Broken Heartsville, as he was born on November 26, 1975 in Rogers, Arkansas. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I will in just a few minutes. And I know who Precious knows who, who this person is, and you're just going to have to sit on it, Precious, and not give it away. <laughs>
4: oh you know me i can't keep a secret it's like laying an egg
0: but happy, (laughs) happy birthday mystery artist as this mystery artist turned 43 this week how about that
4: wow i didn't realize he was that old
0: yep all right precious how are you doing how was your thanksgiving
4: It was good. It was very good. I got to see all my little great nieces and nephews, Ah. and uh, I got—excuse me—one great niece and three great nephews. Are you saying another great niece?
0: Are you saying great as in like they're really great people, or great as in like uh, someone's uncle's children and all that kind of stuff?
4: Yeah, both. They're (laughs) great kids. Well, you never see a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, but behaving themselves, because it is a little crazy for us to meet, because we all live all over Kentucky,
0: uh-huh. you know,
4: got a Kentucky plug in there,
0: ah, that uh, did you we ended up, up, did you go up <laughs> to Kentucky for Thanksgiving,
4: yeah I did, but we went to Ryan's, just so we could have a whole room to ourselves, because um, with everybody having babies in the last three months, four months, we had lots of kids, so we decided to go up there, and we had a two hour block, and just enjoyed it with the kids, and brought a couple of games for the kids to play, and did you say Ryan's? Yes.
0: As in Ryan's Steakhouse? Yes. That still exists?
4: Yes, in Kentucky and Bowling Green and the <laughs> okay. South. But, but let me tell you the best part. I did not have to do the dishes, and I did not have to cook, and okay. my husband didn't have to cook. All and right. uh, we all got to enjoy each other's company without everybody having to, you know, rest here and rest there. So it was wonderful, actually.
0: Yeah, Ryan's and Shoney's, unfortunately, across most of the South has disappeared. But there's still yeah. some holdouts of both of those places. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, there's one left. But yeah. I mean, Ryan's, if I had to pick between, you know, the buffet stuff, I, you know, I like sushi. So I do like a sushi buffet. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to cooking, cause, um, you know, Ryan's is pretty good. If I, I got a vegetarian in my family, she was able to eat her vegetables there. Yeah. So, you know, my daddy was happy with the fried chicken. Everybody got what they wanted. The desserts are incredible. So the kids got their sprinkles. And so it was just perfect for everybody.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and, and have you been to a Golden Corral?
4: Oh yes, they, unfortunately they closed the one and literally We would have been there. That's why we ended up. Ah,
0: Walmart. okay, because they're pretty strict on who goes through that buffet at Golden Corral. It's kind of like crossing the border with Mexico. If you don't pay, your butt's going to jail. Yeah, I
4: know. I tell you what, I did. we did, and I don't blame them. Box. You know, they're in the business I don't to make them money. <laughs> but we were bad. We we got through eating our meal, and I looked at Mike. I said, "Let's did get a to go box." And they go, "Of what?" I said, "Of." The chocolate fountain. He goes, You were kidding. And my husband, I have to con him into stuff because he's British.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I
4: con him into getting a to go box of marshmallows, bananas, strawberries, and Rice Krispies and banana covered in chocolate. We take it back, it's up the Gatlinburg because that's where we ate. And he looked at me and he goes, We are pitiful. I said, We are happy. We got chocolate covered strawberries, chocolate covered everything, you know, and I'm so excited. And he says, I know, he said, You made me do bad things.
0: But yeah. I, I have a thing. I have a new nickname for your hubby, Mike. He is what? officially a breadneck, and that would be British redneck, breadneck. Oh my
3: god,
4: that is so good. That is that fits him. You know, he had a little um I went and got my hair done yesterday and it sort of turned Purple? Okay. Of pink. Because I'm a breast cancer survivor, and I mean, it is lavender, but everybody thinks it's like the coolest thing, because here's this 56-year-old woman looking like she's got an 18-year-old haircut and a color. But actually, I'm getting used to it. It looks pretty cool. So when I went to show him, I said, I just want to warn you, my hair is not the blonde that it normally is. He said, that's okay. Did you do it darker? I said, "Uh, no. He goes, well, what would you do it? I said, it's sort of Easter egg purple. He goes, what? (laughs) So I got home... And I showed him my hair, and he just looks at it, and he goes, hmm, hmm. He goes, um, different. Yes, that's the word, different. Yeah. <laughs> I know what he wanted to say. is, Oh, my God, my wife is going back at her childhood.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, man. We're talking with Precious Harris, who's the author of I Know Country, with 366 daily country music Q&As. Which is av- available via download via ebook at iknowcountry.com. Precious is a music journalist, right on Music Row in Nashville, and she has she's a music career development consultant with the emphasis on new and aspiring artists and songwriters. She's got a book called The College of Songology 101: The Singer Songwriters Need to Know Reference Handbook, and you can find that at collegeofsongology.com, and of course follow Precious's blog, Nashville musicline.com, and Precious, we just can't wait any longer. I'm sorry. We're going to have to answer that trivia question. The singer of Broken Heartsville, who had a birthday this week from Rogers, Arkansas, and a big Razorbacks fan, and, boy, he needs all the help he can get because the Razorbacks are 0-8 in the SEC. Joe Nichols. Joe Nichols is our birthday boy. That song, Broken Heartsville, was written by Randy Boudreau, Donnie Keys, Blake Mevis, and Clint Daniels, a big hit for him. Several years back, Joe Nichols and I still remember the song that got him on the chart for the very first time. Do you know what song that was?
4: Uh, I know the one from Mark Wills.
0: No, uh, no, no, no. This he was he was on
4: John. He was on Giant Records. No,
0: nah, right? he was on an independent label out of Atlanta. Oh,
4: before that. Oh, the one. Well, I better be careful. I know some backstory to that. But this is when his hair was down to his butt.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. Because I actually helped Joe Nichols get his first national television appearance on what was called Primetime Country. Country. You may remember I had a special connection with that show. And a guy named Joe Nichols with his hair down to his butt came into the CMT (laughs) office one day. Looking like an Indian. Yes. He came in there with a guy named David, his publicist, and they had a song they were trying to get CMT to air called Walmart Parking Lot.
4: Oh, my God.
0: Does that song, song sound familiar?
4: Yes, it does,
0: <laughs> it, it does now. And we played it. And we played it. And I thought the guy was good. So I called my connection across the parking lot at TNN and I said, Hey, there's this new artist named Joe Nichols. Y'all ought to get him on your show. And sure enough, Joe Nichols got on the show. So, Joe, uh, here's my number. You can send me my royalty check for helping you out. No, I'm just kidding. He's, he would have made it anyway. And that was a good song. I like also Tequila Makes Her Clothes Fall Off. That's another good Joe Nichols song. But, yeah. Yeah, that's
4: one. Of, actually it's so funny that two of my really good friends wrote both those songs. Oh, really? Boudreaux and Gary Hanna, Seth from South Africa, wrote Tequila Makes Her Clothes Fall Off. But I heard a story about backstage at TNN. I was uh, sitting with, uh, we were at the NATB Awards, and Mark Will came over and gave us a hug and we were telling stories, and he said, yeah, I used to con the girls into, please let me get in so I can meet everybody at network. Please let me get in backstage. And he said, I beg so much, and I was only 18 and green as I could be. I'd drive up from Atlanta, and the girls would let me in. And it was like the sweetest, just most honest. You know, he was just trying to do it. But he's one of those kids that really deserved to be backstage. And he knew that it was a difference between meeting and greeting and girming. And he knew the difference, he said.
0: Do you think Mark so, Will, Mark Wills, Jacob's Ladder guy, that was his first song?
4: He had hair down to his butt, too, remember?
0: Uh, well, I, I didn't really look at his butt, to be honest with you. <laughs>
4: no, I meant like that. I really don't look
0: at any guy's butts, if you really <laughs> want to know the truth, Precious. And yeah,
4: they, they had long hair. That was like the thing, you know, back in the Yeah, his
0: wasn't that long, uh, Mark Wills, that is. But, uh, yeah, Joe Nichols certainly had kind of the, the very exotic look. Almost the Billy Ray Cyrus look, you could say, going on at the time. Something I really never got into, and I can proudly say that looking back. There are no shocking pictures of me from the country music era of the 90s that I I find myself embarrassed about. But I am very proud to have known Precious Harris in those days, and we had a, a lot of good times. Precious, let's talk about some modern stuff if we can. We'll turn the page Unfortunately, to modern country music, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I like I like that old stuff too. Hey, first off, seems like things are slowing down a bit. Is that common in music around post Thanksgiving, Christmas? the The artists are they for the most part off the road? What's going on? Yeah, they're
4: off the road. I mean, everybody was downtown uh, last night at really? uh, Whiskey Jam. Yeah, I got kids playing there next Monday. Whoa, 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 clients. whoa!
0: Whiskey Jam. How did I not know about Whiskey Jam? Whiskey Jam took
4: the place of where they all used to hang down. Actually, Whiskey Jam is a place called at Losers or Winners, just depending on. And it's usually on Monday. It's Monday. But Thursday, they've been doing it Top Golf, but they try to switch it around. But it's owned, Winners and Losers is owned by a guy named Earl Woolsey, who manages George Strait. Uh-huh. And it helps showcase up and coming talent there. And um, it's like the place to go meet and network. There's a lot of people that's got their start there. Luke Combs got his start there, actually. Oh. Yeah, where he got started. So it's and where, it's a where cool is this place. located? Right there on Division. Okay. Right there on Division, right a little past Music Row. Because I heard
0: you say so, something about Top Golf, which is a golf place yeah. that's actually yeah. north of downtown near the company. Well, they River. do
4: that during the summer. Yeah, they do that during the summertime because they have so many people here for CMA Fest. Okay. So they usually hold it there because it's a huge venue. Okay. But it's still crowded as crap, you know, because, and I usually have to get there early to put my leg up because of my... like, cancer stuff, but they always save me a seat uh. and make sure I'm right there on the front.
0: So, if you're an established artist, you've got some hits on the radio and stuff, and you're off the road this time of year, do you go out and hang out with your fellow musicians in Nashville in November and well, December?
4: They, well, they do now. Last, last, I'm saying last year, last year we were doing a fundraiser for poor little kids, okay, for like Toys for Tots. And Lee Bryce was out with Chris Young and Cole Swindell, they were all out there to raise money for the Toys for Tots. So they do do it, and they do it and when they get through the event. They usually just go hang out because it's so close to where they all live, close by. So, you know, but they they do try to help support each other, anything to do during Christmas, especially if they're off the road, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's tough being on you the know? road.
4: I I'm kind of like never find anything thing to talk about because there's so slow. All the years are wrapped up. Tom wrapped up his store, you know, at the end of October, and um, everybody's off the road. You know, and then next year, they're all talking about the next tour. Like, you know, Carly Pierce is going to be on tour with uh, Russell Dickerson on his way back Tour. Um, She finally got her bus. And then she's uh, in the studio now while she's at home working on a record for next year's release. So a lot of them, I mean, they're off the road, but they're still working. They're writing songs uh, and they're working on tour, you know, getting ready for tours, things like that. So they're still working even though they're off the road.
0: And you talk about Carly Pierce, the Kentucky native who had a couple of big hits on radio in the last few years. Every little thing went to number one on the country airplay chart, and she followed that up with hide the wine. I need to do that yes. when you come around my house, precious. <laughs> Only
4: if it's Moscato or uh, that other really sweet wine that makes your teeth itch. I can't remember the name of
0: it. Yeah, Carly Pierce, <laughs> very talented 28-year-old. What do we know about her? What is she? She dates Michael Ray. Is that still the case?
4: Yes, and it's everybody's laughing about the sickness of it, but they actually met This got to actually really get to be like meet and talk, I just hey, how you doing gotta go, we're on, you know, going through the publicist, through the red carpet, through the radio interviews mm-hmm. but they actually met uh, and got to talk, start talking backstage at CRS, Country Radio Seminar and they end up meeting again at the Opry, backstage at the Opry and then it was like, it was, it was game on, you know
0: mm-hmm. And Michael, Michael Ray, if you're not familiar with him, he's had Number one song, Kiss You in the Morning, Think a Little Less, and More, and these two. Real Men Love Jesus. Yep, these two singers, an item. So that seems to be a common thing out in the music business. And, I, and
4: I'm, I'm I'm, very, very glad that they are, because I've known Michael was actually one of my former clients from many years ago, mm-hmm. from 2010, somewhere in there. Uh, and he left and came back and went on, you know, the next big thing or the next big star and ended up. You know, working with John Rich for a while, but I knew he was a star the moment I met him. But it's so good because the good thing about dating Carly, he's going to know that she's dating him not because he's Michael Ray, and he and and he isn't dating her because she's Carly Pierce. They both have their you know their their new successes and their recent successes by their own hard work before they ever met each other. Mm -hmm. So because there is some you know gossip around town that certain you know that there are girls in town that try to get with an artist early on so they can date them and you know, and get closer to them before they're famous because they know they're going to get a record deal.
0: Yep. Well, Carly also has friends on the female side that she's buddies with. Kelsey Ballerina and Laura Elena are two of those Uh friends, and she's got something where she tries to eat healthy and all that while being on the road. She likes to eat all-natural, high-protein, no-carbs foods, and she has a little oven on her tour bus that you talked about she just recently obtained. so. She's trying to keep it safe and keep it all healthy out on the road. She'll be touring on the Way Back Tour with Russell Dickerson in 2019. She's also got a single that she's working. More coming from Carly Pierce. Be on the lookout for her. Now, Precious, I want to ask you about someone named Jimmy Charles. I'm not familiar with Jimmy Charles's music. He's got an album called Hard Way to Go. So fill us in.
4: Okay. Well, Jimmy Charles is a – I actually got to meet him for the first time. I did a little bit of review for him. Uh, I went to his album release party, but it was also a, um, a, a benefit mm-hmm. for his uh, – he has a, a cancer uh, a cancer organization called I'm Not Alone, and it's also his current single. And it basically told the story of cancer from a perspective of a teenager um, and a married man and a young mother and a senior citizen, um, and it became an anthem of hope. And uh, but it was uh, it just they have several survivors there that night and me being a survivor even though I'm still dealing with other kind of cancer, but it's to help raise awareness everything from breast cancer to prostate cancer everything that can help save a life, you know and realize there is a support team out there, mm. and people that you may not even know will come to your rescue to help support you. But uh, it's just it was just a wonderful night. I mean, and they just the band and the lyrics and bringing the cancer survivor. You know, and especially the inspiration and the uplift it gave because me, you know, being a cancer survivor many, many times over, I know the fight. And the hardest, biggest thing you have to to face is the fight. And if you got support, it makes it a whole lot easier. That's how I get through it. Wow. You know, so good for Jimmy. Get a chance. Check him out.
0: Will he's do. He's very talented. And
4: his heart's the biggest Texas.
0: All right. Is that where he's from? Uh,
4: No, I think he's from Florida. He, he, he had a great tan and was talking about the beach, so I got a feel he might be from Florida. Well,
0: I, they got tans and beaches in too Texas hard too. To hear
4: where he said he was from, I had tears in my eyes. I was actually crying, not really listening during some of the things he was talking, because I actually could feel some of the things that these other people had been through. it's very emotional. Yeah. And I'd taken two clients with him, but it was wonderful. It was just really heartfelt.
0: And again, Precious, here we're talking to Precious Harris. She not only knows her country music, but man, she's been through more than the average Joe would ever have to deal with, with health. And you've had cancer. You still have cancer. And my goodness, mm-hmm. we need to have, we we're need to have busy a, oh yeah, too, too busy for cancer. Too busy. TBC, too busy for cancer. But we're glad yeah. that you can take some time to talk with us here on the all Show. Precious, I don't know if you saw this. It just got released on Tuesday. But in addition to Nashville being a great town for music, coming in April of 2019, it's the 2019 Nashville Comedy Festival. And Jay Leno, Jeff Foxworthy, and other funny folks will be in Nashville performing at different venues, including the Ryman Auditorium and the Grand Ole Opry House with a lot of comedy come mid-April. Pretty cool deal. Yeah,
4: well, it is. Well, I remember seeing Ellen DeGeneres at at the uh, Zanies many, many years ago when I was in the early 90s when she was just starting out. So a lot of those people, when they first started the comedies, hadn't made Nashville stop Mm -hmm. when they were building up their – Building up the reputation as a comedian. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I would love to see Jeff Foxworthy. Well, you know, Foxworthy he got his start doing comedy in the strip club, so
0: yeah, right. I love him
4: anyway. <laughs> Foxworthy and Leno
0: are going to be teamed up together on April 14th at a 6 p.m. performance at the Opry House in Nashville. And this is all part of the Nashville Comedy Festival. bunch of different acts all participating. If you want more, tickets available at nashcomedyfest.com and a lot of artists and comedians that i'm not totally familiar with but other well-known names i would say someone like janine garofalo will be there she used to be on saturday night live ali wong i've heard of her name she'll be there and i'm sure they're likely to add more comedians in the coming weeks but it's a great event nashville comedy festival mix in a little laughter with country music sounds like a great idea precious thank you we hope you've had a great holiday season it will continue and we look forward to talking to you again next week on the y'all show
4: Sounds good, darling. Y'all
0: have a bliss. All right, we will. Well, that will conclude our hour 1 of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hang on, when we come back in hour 2, we're going to have we're going to have Jonathan Lifhite stop by with ACC Talk, ACC Championship game features Clemson and Pitt. He'll discuss that, and we've got much much more of the Y'all Show. Talk with us, Southern Next.
2: The wait is finally over. Dell's biggest Cyber Week ever is on. Save big on Cyber Week deals, plus get free shipping on everything. With massive deals on Dell computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors, the hottest gaming gear, and top brand electronics like Google Smart Home, it's a sale you won't want to miss. Just call 800 by dell or visit dell.com slash cyberweek. Call 800 by dell for more Cyber Week deals.
1: I can't believe it. That we're playing 4 and 4 basketball with a barbershop quartet?
3: Pass the ball. Pass the rock We'll
1: just pass the ball pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: You might want to bundle up, maybe because you need to go outside, or maybe we're just going to bring so much. Well, bundle up. That's not really the best expression because we're bringing the y'all heat. So you might want to unbutton a, a button or two and cool off because we're bringing the heat. If you're if you're up by the fireplace and enjoying a nice Wednesday, hello, welcome to the Y'all Show Hour Two with your host John Rawl, a show all about the South. We are. Just plugging along, giving you all kinds of dicks to goodness here on this show with the general, John Raw. In a little bit, we're going to talk a little ACC football and basketball. Jonathan Leifheit will be joining us. He is from 247sports.com and CBS Sports Digital. He'll talk about the upcoming ACC football championship in Charlotte featuring the number two Clemson Tigers and the surprising Coastal Division winner this year, the Pittsburgh Panthers. Pitt and CU in the Valley facing off at Bank of America Stadium Saturday night. Jonathan's going to give us his opinion of that contest, plus some coaching news in the ACC as an oldie but goodie returns to Chapel Hill. And we'll also talk a little ACC basketball with Mr. Lifehite. A programming note, you'll want to make sure you tune us in tomorrow here on the Y'all Show because we're going to have our Dixie destination be Bellingrath Gardens and Home, which is in Theodore, Alabama. Just down the road from Mon- well it's just down the road from Montgomery, but it's not far from Mobile. Believe it or not, when you want to say where Theodore, Alabama, is, you just say, "Oh, we're south of Mobile." And there's not a whole lot south of Mobile, Alabama. But yes, yeah, sure enough, Theodore is actually south of Mobile. If you look on a map, it's out toward what is that? Uh, what do they call that? Dolphin Island. That's it. Dolphin Island's on the left side if you look on a map. Of Mobile Bay and on the right you've got Gulf Shores and Orange Beach and all that beautiful area of the coast of Alabama. But Dolphin Island is connected kind of down there on the peninsula if you go to that part of lower Alabama, LA, Theodore, Bellingrath Gardens and home. And Sally Erickson from there will be joining us to talk about Magic Christmas and Lights. That's going on right now through the month of December at Bellingrath. Truly a treasure along the Alabama Gulf Coast. That'll be on the Thursday, y'all. Plus, we'll talk SEC football on Thursday as we'll spotlight the SEC championship game going on in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon. Georgia and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Will the dogs get revenge? Will the Alabama Crimson Tide keep on their roll tide roll to the national championship game and berth in that? We'll find out come Saturday. So... Good stuff coming on Thursday, plus on Friday. Tune us in, as always, for our free for y'all and General Gridiron. Speaking of football, we'll have the General Gridiron Championship Edition coming your way on Friday of the Y'all Show. Now on the Y'all Show, without further ado, it's the Wednesday version of... Bum, 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 bum. Hashtag I Blue. I better better do a little... Just for our Georgia fans. And for our Clemson fans, I guess I should give you a championship little hum-along for hashtag hullblue. And for Pitt, I don't even know your fight song, so apologies there. I'll tell you what, Pitt, I'll make it up to you. I will play your fight song when we feature the ACC spotlight in just a few minutes, even though you don't deserve it. Pitt lost this past weekend in their final regular season game to Miami. They were creamed by the Canes. But they still won the Coastal Division, so they get a chance at Clemson this weekend. Remember, Pitt beat them, what, two years ago in Death Valley with an amazing field goal at the buzzer. So maybe that magic will be back for Pitt this weekend in Charlotte. On Hashtag Hullabaloo, we start things out with Lara Lynn Carter. And on Twitter, it's L-A-R-A-L-Y-N Carter. An Emmy Award-winning TV host, chef, author, and creator of wicker and whisk at whisk wicker and whisk is the Twitter account and I mentioned something from her before I think she's on Georgia Public Broadcasting in the state of Georgia with some cooking stuff she lives in Albany Georgia Albany as Paula Dean would say that's actually Paula Dean's hometown is Albany or Albany I think's how Paula says it and she is a chef there that is uh, Larry Lynn Carter not Paula Dean. Paula Dean done left Albany for the big lights of Savannah, and she ain't coming back. I'm kidding. I'm sure she does go back to her hometown, but for the most part, she doesn't go to Albany very much. She leaves that to Lara Lynn Carter to do all the good. I need to remember, I've only been to Albany one time, and I actually pigged out at a really good soul food restaurant there that's a legendary place. I need to do some research sometime and share with you. Frankly, I need to get back to Albany. But Albany's one of those places in the South, unfortunately for them, they're not on any major interstate. So you kind of you kind of have to be wanting to go to Albany if you go to Albany. And I just happened to be swinging through there one time. But anyway, Laura Lynn Carter's got a new book called Skinny Southern, and it is 90 reinvented classics without the guilt. That's a great book out right now from this author and TV host. But she put a tweet out that I wanted to discuss with you and she actually had a a message here in her tweet that included the book that she has skinny southern she says my little man is loving his elf in the shelf pjs that tim aka dylan's elf brought him when he arrived thanksgiving night is there anything better than christmas through a child's eyes and yes sure enough your little man looks great she's got a picture of her little man and his elf in the shelf pjs and (laughs) there's a whole nother cult elf and you know, elf in the shelf, elf on the shelf, whatever it's called. It wasn't around when I was a kid. I don't know how long it's been around, but boy, if you've got little ones, most of them are, are big participants in elf in the shelf starting right now, now that we're into the holiday season up until I guess Christmas day. It's a, it's, it's another, another thing As if you didn't have another problem to have to worry about, you got to make sure you have your elf out there each and every day. And I'm going to say something really cool about my eight-year-old son he's got one and he's had it for about four years now he got it when he was before he started first grade and he named his after his teacher from like pre-k and so the elf is still called what the teacher's last name was which was mrs cox there in oxford mississippi and so my son's elf on the shelf is cox cox go cox gamecock fans but no this is cox And he loves Cox, and we got to make sure Cox is doing his role right now that we're in the Yule Tide. But also, Larry Lynn Carter, boy, she's been active. And if she's not doing a TV show right now, I can understand she stays busy on Twitter. She put another tweet out with a picture that looks yummy, but I had to actually read her message to go along with the photo to understand what exactly this was. But she said, quote, about to pop these babies back in the oven. Delicious pumpkin cranberry pecan biscotties that are gluten free and refined sugar free. These just scream holidays. Look for the recipe and the photo of the final product on my website in the morning. And again, you can go to her website. I think it's Wicker and Whisk. She's the creator of that. That is at least what it is on Twitter. And she has the book Skinny Southern 90 Reinvented Classics Without the Guilt. And I don't know if this. Particular item: pumpkin, cranberry, pecan, pecan biscotties. I hope that's how you pronounce that word. Are in there, but it looks looks good, and I bet you it's pretty healthy for you. So check it out from Miss Carter. Moving on on the Twitter sphere to Joshua Bowden on Twitter at x the Bowden x x the Bowden b o w d e n x and Joshua wrote that. We started a classic live wreath with magnolia. And sure enough, he's got a picture of a magnolia Christmas wreath. I have never seen that done. It looks awesome. So, Mississippians, you're proud of magnolias? Here's a great idea. If you don't have one already, go make you a wreath out of magnolia leaves. It looks great. Got some lights on it. You can do some cool stuff. Now, any kind of wreath looks good. Even fake ones are better than nothing. I mean, I can understand why some people don't want to put up a Christmas tree. That's messy, especially a live one, and it takes a long time. You got to bring it down. But a wreath, that's pretty simple. So everybody should have a wreath on their door at Christmas time. Now here I am without one right now. But I, now that I've seen a magnolia Christmas wreath from Joshua Bowden on Twitter, I, I think I think I will go out and make me a purchase. Todd Dean is on Twitter at Dean sv don't know what that means but i love todd dean what todd dean wrote here on the twitter sphere todd by the way a proven visionary and leader in the entrepreneurial investment community hey a visionary leader in that community Entreprene- entrepreneurial investment that's big stuff god i need to we need to talk i, I need some entrepreneurial money To make the Y'all show, we'll just buy our way into everybody's ears and eyes around the Southeast, and we'll just become part of their everyday life. How's that sound? That sounds good to me, but you got to have money to do that. Todd needs to help me out. Todd writes on Twitter, I love it. He's got a quote from one of our legendary Y'all Magazine columnists, the great Louis Grizzard, Louis Grizzard's wife. Widow, widow, I should say, Deidre, gave us permission when we published Y'all Magazine for seven years from 2003 to 2010 to reprint Lewis's old columns that he wrote in newspapers around the country. And she gave us permission to put those in our magazine, and we did. And it was awesome, and we, you can still go to y'all.com and find those. And we will continue to promote Lewis Grizzard here on the Y'all Show and any Y'all endeavor. A, a true talent. We lost him way too young. And it's sad for me as a guy who's now pushing late forties to know that I've actually outlived Lewis Grizzard. But yeah, Lewis Grizzard. Here's a quote from Lewis. Quote The game of life is a lot like football. You have to tackle your problems, block your fears, and score your points when you get the opportunity. Lewis <laughs> had a way with words for sure, and that's a great one. Todd, thank you for sharing that great Lewis Grizzard quote here. Georgia boy, Lewis Grizzard. I'll be thinking about him. I think about him every time I see the Georgia Bulldogs play between the hedges because he loved those dogs. And if you know the story about Lewis, his ashes were spread at Sanford Stadium. So somewhere between the hedges is the spirit of Lewis Grizzard, and it will always be there. Now, if he could only have those ashes spread somewhere better than Sanford Stadium if you don't like Georgia, and I'm not a big Georgia fan. I respect Georgia, but uh, yeah. I don't know about the Georgia. Oh, okay. But I like Louis Grizzard, so Louis, I'll I'll let you slide. William I. Stewart is on Twitter at William I-S-T-U-A-R-T, author of the Gemstone Chronicles, an award-winning young adult fantasy series. And he's Lena's husband and Laura's dad. All right. He's a U.S. Navy vet and wants to know that he's a writer. Okay, William, we look forward to seeing what you got to say here. Well, he has a photo, along with a statement, and well I, I just, you can't help but read what he says. He writes, "William, here's a quintessential southern dish, cheese grits, and the sausage patties aren't bad either, and I love that combination. Grits are good, grits are wonderful, and if you're a southerner, you gotta like grits. I'm sorry, my son, who I just bragged about with his cocks elf on the shelf." I'm still working on him with grits. It's going to be hard because grits are something, unfortunately, most kids, well, frankly, most parents just don't cook. And I'm I'm guilty of that. It's so much easier just to give a kid a bowl of cereal. But kids need some cooking, even grits. And grits are something you can do in the microwave, for goodness sake. So anyway, I've got a challenge with the grits with my son. But as William says, you got to have cheese grits. You put that... American cheese and those grits and stirred ups, great. But what do you put with that? And there's a bunch of different options. But from a meat standpoint, are you more of a cheese grits and bacon guy or gal? Are you more of a sausage person? Or, I mean, frankly, I've got to have meat at breakfast time, but I can't have grits alone. I got to mix them in with scrambled eggs. I don't think there's too many combinations for breakfast for sure, maybe all meals. Better than the mixture of grits and scrambled eggs. Is that not one heck of a combo? I like grits and I'm okay with eggs, but when you merge them, when you marry them, God, that is some amazing stuff. And I want to thank my local Waffle House. That's where I had my Thanksgiving meal. It was the only place open that I could find on Thanksgiving evening. And that was my Thanksgiving feast this year Waffle House with their grits, and I had some great grits and great eggs, and I even splurged and got the dollar burger they have there. And I want to thank the staff that worked at the Waffle House there and throughout the South on a holiday like Thanksgiving, where a lot of places are indeed closed. But they have, what I they had sausage, believe it or not, the night of Thanksgiving when I was picking out at the WH. And it was the round sausage patty, Yeah. Like oh, mm, mm. I'm going to have to stop talking here. I'm, I'm getting too emotional here. But William, thank you for that. And yes, you're absolutely right. Cheese grits and sausage, a great combo. And finally, keeping the talking about food going here, Kelly K. Swanson on Twitter. And she likes to explain here at KK16, the Twitter account. She's got MN and then an arrow toward the state of Texas. So it looks like she's a Minnesota native that has moved to Texas And she says she's a mama, a traveler, and an NDSU alum. That would be North Dakota State University, the Bison. The best team in FCS football, by the way. They're in the playoffs this weekend. And she's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Okay, well, Kelly, we know where you stand. Kelly K. Swanson at KK16. But here's what she put on Twitter. Had sweet potato pie for the first time yesterday. Couldn't tell the difference had it been pumpkin. Okay, so she can't tell the difference between a pumpkin pie and a sweet potato pie. All right, well, I don't want to pile on our Yankee friend here too much that's found her way to Texas because at least they kind of are the same color, pumpkins and sweet potatoes. So, yeah, if they're made that way, you can you could tell. But, yeah, there's a difference. I mean, a sweet potato pie, that's just more southern. And I like pumpkin pie, but just around Thanksgiving. But I can see where you're coming from, Kelly. So that's a good point. Now, Kelly, we got to we gotta get you out there. And I saw a graphic. I should have saved it and brought it up here today. It was a graphic of the whole country on Thanksgiving. I saw it come out. And it's certainly not scientific, but it had a listing of the pies associated with Thanksgiving based on different states. And a large part of the Gulf Coast states up into Tennessee, I think the graphic showed that Key lime pie was the preferred pie, maybe not just at Thanksgiving, but at any time, where you had a pecan pie more in the Georgia and the Carolinas. And I don't remember what they had in other parts of the country, but I think someone had pumpkin pies. And I'm trying to think, was there something else? Maybe a bourbon pie? I should have paid more attention. But the point is, Kelly, thank you for sharing that about sweet potato pie. We're glad that you're becoming more custom. next thing we know kelly you'll end up living in the south the rest of your life like most people from minnesota end up doing would you rather be in the south right now or in minus 20 degree weather in minnesota pulling for your vikings all right well we appreciate that and all of our feedback here on hashtag hello Blue with john raw when we come back all right we've been telling you about it we're really going to pull it off jonathan life Heights standing by with the ACC report, and that will close out our hour two of today's Y'all Show. So stick around for some great college football talk from Mr. Liefite. That's ahead on the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent.
1: Are you ready for the intuitive LG V40 thank you for just $20 a month? Right now at Sprint, you can get the only phone in the market with five cameras to capture moments from every single angle. That's right. You can get the LG V40 ThinkU at Sprint for $20 a month, regularly priced at $40 a month with an 18-month Sprint Flex lease. Hurry to Sprint. This limited time offers for new customers with approved credit and a new line of service or existing customers with an eligible upgrade. Need more reasons to hurry to Sprint? Get a free 49-inch LG TV when you lease the V40 Thank You while supplies last. Requires registration at LG.com and a new line of service. There's never been a better time to try our network built for unlimited. Switch to Sprint today and get your LG V40 Thank You for 20 bucks a month and a free 49-inch LG TV. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Pricing after $20 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. TV ships in eight weeks. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes tax. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee restrictions apply.
0: Out here on the Y'all Show with your host John Rawl, and we are glad to have you back on this all Southern program But we talk college football a good bit and we talk college basketball and other things. College, and on Wednesdays, we put our big Y'all Spotlight on the Atlantic Coast Conference, also known as the ACC. And from CBS Sports Digital and 247Sports.com, we bring on Jonathan Lifite. To talk about the ACC, and hello, happy post-Thanksgiving, Jonathan. Was your holiday a great one?
5: Yeah, I think I'm still in a post-Turkey uh, tryptophan-induced nap, but I'm doing good.
0: Oh, come on. You've had plenty of days to get over that. I think you're just, you're you're pigging out on something else.
5: Well, that, that could be as well, but uh, <laughs> I'll never reveal it.
0: Okay. Well, you had a good holiday. Did you have to travel anywhere?
5: Uh, just to that horrible place in northeast Georgia.
0: North. Oh, to Athens. That's right. You had to go. You call that Northeast Georgia?
5: Yeah, more or less.
0: Okay. It's kind of a no man's land. And I think you probably like that term. It It's not uh, it's really. Near the, it,
5: it's near the edge of the earth. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, it's not Atlanta because it's too far from Atlanta and it's not really South Carolina, although it's not that far from South Carolina. It's not really North Carolina. It's not all that far from North Carolina. It really is maybe in Georgia Tech's eyes, the end of the world. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that game in a second. We are talking ACC with Mr. Height And, Jonathan, let's dive into the big headline here in the post-Thanksgiving days of ACC football. It Are you into movies? Have you ever seen the movie Back to the Future?
5: I, I have seen that movie, and I've seen actually Back to the Future too. And I think there was two or three other ones that uh, got progressively worse over time.
0: Okay, well, I, I guess there's a sequel Back to the Future Five, Mac Brown returns to lead the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah, there's also a company called Bandag. You ever heard of them? No. They make retread tires. <laughs> okay, so does that mean you're not a fan of this move? Um,
5: yeah, you know, not really. Okay. So, but but it may it may work out all right for North Carolina um, if Mac is able to. Uh, um, you know, get a good set of assistants. Mm-hmm. So he'll be 68 years old by the time the season starts next year. And, uh, you know, if you're a recruit and you're looking at your coach at, 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 you know, kind of that age, you're kind of going, well, is he going to be here or not? Um, is he going
0: to be alive? Is that what you're asking?
5: Well, I don't know about alive. He'll probably still be alive. I'm but, sorry know. for
0: all of our 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds. I'm just trying to be <laughs> funny here. I I know that we now live normally lives that go on until our 90s and Hopefully into the three-digit mark. So,
5: yeah, I mean, you know, and you've got Bill Snyder at, at Kansas State. Guess what? He's seventy-nine and he's still coaching. So, you know, I guess I guess he could have a another twelve-year uh, twelve-year run in it. And what was it? Paterno and Bowden both coached into their eighties. So, yeah, I guess it's possible. But you know, you just kind of wonder. And and I, the other the other reason I'm not a big fan of it, it's not very often that you have somebody who coached somewhere. Went off and did something else and came back and was actually successful at it, uh, the second time around. It just doesn't seem to go quite as well the second time around. And, and a lot's changed in the ACC since Mac was here the first time. Um, and, uh, you know, his last years at, uh, at Texas didn't exactly go that great. He should have been able to do a lot better at Texas, given the, especially given the talent you can, you can usually get at Texas.
0: Yeah. Well, what can you tell us about his days in Chapel Hill prior to going to Austin? I mean, he he
5: did a did he win a couple of titles in that time? He never won a uh, he never did win a, a an ACC title, but he did come in second. Um, so uh, his he had a pretty pretty long run. He actually started out with a uh, with consecutive, and this is this will be amazing because you could never get away with this this in this day and age. But he started out with a uh, two one in ten records. Uh, and i believe it was in 87 and 88 that he did that and then after that um or maybe in 88 and 89 after that he kind of got his program on the on the winning side and by 1993 he actually had a had a 10 win season and then i guess the the pinnacle of of his accomplishments were there at uh at North Carolina were uh, 96 um when he took the team 10 and 2 um and they finished number 10 in the ap poll and then he followed that up in '97 with a with a an eleven and one record and a number six finish uh, in the in the polls. So um, he you know took them pretty much about as high as they've ever been um, at up in Chapel Hill. And then uh, following the '97 season, he took off for uh, for Austin.
0: Yeah, and of course prior to Chapel Hill, he had done a pretty good job in New Orleans, leading the two lane Green Wave.
5: Yeah, he uh, actually I think he had two losing seasons, and then the third season he got him. Back on the kind of back on the on the winning path, and uh, and then it, then it, from there he took off to, to North Carolina. You know, the funny part is as I go back and look at this, and I didn't realize he was kind of a, a guy that was really young when he when he got his first head coaching job. That seems to be more of a trend lately to get a younger guys the head head coaching jobs. But back in the 80s, when he did that, it was a pretty rare occurrence to see a guy as young as uh, Mac was to be uh, heading up a program. Mac is back in the
0: ACC. And speaking of the ACC, Jonathan, I know you know the answer. So don't blurt it out if you actually do know it. But just for fun, can you tell me, and this is really for the audience in case you do know the answer, can you tell me at what ACC school Mac Brown played as a player?
5: Do you know? I actually cannot tell you
0: that. Wow. I stumped Jonathan Lifite. And while I'm at it, to maybe help. Confuse you even more, do you happen to know the hometown of one Mac Brown? Uh no, I don't. He is from Cookville, Tennessee, Cookville, and, and Tennessee. he had a brother named Watson Brown who played at Vanderbilt and went on to be a Vanderbilt head football coach and has had other gigs throughout college football, but Mac and Watson Brown from Cookville, Tennessee, and as a youngster, Mac Brown went south and played college football. At, he may have even started out at Vanderbilt. I, I think he may have transferred into this ACC school, but he played for the Florida State Seminoles.
5: No, I did not know that. Yep. I did not realize that's where he came from.
0: And I'm sure some Knowles fans would maybe be thinking, hey, if this guy was available to coach, then then why did he let us know that he was available to coach again? Because we could sure use him on the reservation.
5: <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a very good season. Uh <laughs> I imagine they're they are they're wondering about their decision to uh, to hire Willie Taggart for sure. Yeah, and that's
0: the other headline coming out of the ACC this week. A man who created a racist post on social media showing Coach Willie Taggart being lynched has been fired from his hotel job. And, Jonathan, I bring this up to you because anybody can go on social media and put awful, terrible, racist, stupid, whatever you want to th- think, things out there. But one reason this story got traction was the president of Florida state university actually called this person out and went into kind of a, how dare you do this type of thing. And I guess my question is, is this a common thing for the leaders of universities to weigh in on a single random person's social media post? Cause this is, well, this isn't the only time I've seen this happen.
5: It's not, I wouldn't say it's a, I wouldn't say it's a rare occurrence, but it's not a common occurrence either. It's, it's fairly infrequent, but occasionally you'll have somebody who just goes a little beyond, or in this case, a lot beyond uh, the bounds of good taste and, and decorum. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they'll 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 do that, and we'll see it more and more. And you see it more and more, you know, across society, people. You know, I, I, it's funny to watch how how you know what people have said or and whatnot. They might have put some silly little thing out on on. Facebook or Twitter or some other thing, you know, 10, 12 years ago and people now are digging it up and bringing it back to haunt them. So, um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, it, it seems to be a medium, uh, Twitter and Facebook are now not just mediums for social things, but it's, it's become, you know, a political, uh, a political medium and, and that type of thing and, and, for sports and other things. So it doesn't surprise me to see somebody, you know, on a particularly egregious situation. Uh, to see the leadership from a university or other places step up and go, hey, that's out of bounds. You need to be uh, held accountable for it.
0: Well, this sentiment came toward Coach Taggart after the Knowles were really hammered at home to the Florida Gators. The Gators won, I think, for the first time in five years in that rivalry, 41-14, and an ugly scene there for FSU fans. Jonathan, looking back at last weekend in college football, did you happen to see the rivalry game in the Commonwealth between Virginia Tech and Virginia? Because the Hoos absolutely blew that one.
5: Yeah, that that I, I I tell you what, I don't know that I've seen a, a team blow it worse than that. They really had that game won and managed. I don't know. I'm not even sure how they managed to do it. I watched it, and I still couldn't believe as I was watching it happen, uh, watching them blow that game. They had that thing. Uh, really won. They had taken a, a pretty substantial lead. I believe they were up 10, uh, with just a few minutes to go and somehow or another, uh, managed to give up the, the points. Excuse me. They were up, uh, I guess 14, uh, or so and, and, and allowed uh, Virginia Tech to come back in and win that game. It, it, it took it to overtime and then, and then brought it back. Uh, then Virginia Tech managed to win it in overtime. So it was uh, quite a, Quite a bad scene if you're a Cavalier fan, and to make you know, kind of add insult to injury, um, this now makes 15 straight. Count them, 15 straight victories uh, that the uh, Hokies have had. That the, that the Hokies have had over the Cavaliers. Oh,
0: and another insult to injury. With this win, the Hokies' hopes of continuing their bowl streak remains alive. Because with the win, they got the uh, number five win. And then they've got a game coming up this weekend against Marshall. And a victory there will send them to a bowl game for like the 30th straight year. Something crazy like that. But Virginia could have really benefited from a down year for Hokie fans. And they fell apart. I think Virginia and LSU need to get together and have a bowl game of the biggest chokes. Because LSU, if you saw that game with Texas A&M, they choke big time. <laughs> and I'm not well, sure God wasn't on them. Texas A&M side in that game there's no way LSU should have lost that one
5: well I think not only was uh not only did they choke but I think uh, I think the officials gave it away yeah because I saw I saw the ending of that and it was pretty ridiculous you know the the amount of of chances that the official second chances that the officials gave you know from the interception that wasn't to the extra second to the interference call they're just those a a litany of things that happened for for LSU to lose that game. Pretty crazy.
0: But Virginia Tech does win, so good job if you're a Hokie fan. In the Palmetto State of South Carolina, a big game, a big opportunity for South Carolina to end an ugly losing streak to Clemson, but Clemson prevails 56-35, the most points the Tigers have given up this year to Jake Bentley. And I heard something from Will Muschamp, the head coach of the Gamecocks this week, where he said something to the effect of Jake Bentley had more passing yards against the top 5 team than any quarterback in SEC history in that game against Clemson. I don't know how many he had, but it was a, a ton of yards in that game and a couple I of touchdowns. believe it was
5: a, I believe it was a little over 500, yeah, like 510.
0: Okay. Yeah, and a bunch of touchdowns too, and he did not win SEC offensive player of the week. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know when you when you got a LSU and A&M playing to 74 or 72 game, yeah. you know Somebody's going to get it out of that one, I'm sure. But Clemson wins, and of course they remain 12 and 0.
0: They've got the conference championship. We'll talk about that with Jonathan here in a little bit. We already told you about what happened in Florida. Kentucky shellacked the Louisville Cardinals 56 to 10. Boston College went to Chestnut Hill and got a big win, 42 21. BC is seven five. Syracuse now is nine and three on the year. Pretty good year there in upstate New York. Miami defeated the Pitt Panthers in a surprising score, 24-3. Pitt's the other side of the bracket in the ACC championship game. Wake Forest killed Duke. I don't know what's happened to Duke. They must have fell apart. They must have let the Clemson game beat them two weeks in a row as they lost yep. home 59-7 to the Deeks.
5: Deacon- yeah, that was a shocking, absolutely shocking score. I saw the the score kind of going up in an one point it was 31 to seven and i thought holy crap that's a butt whipping mm. and then i turned around and saw the final and i was like wow 59 to seven if 31 is a butt whooping what would
0: 59 to seven be jonathan i
5: i, I don't know i think you run <laughs> out of things to whoop at that point
0: <laughs> well talking about a whooping did you see the nc state north carolina game rivalry there at keenan stadium
5: yeah I, I did watch that and uh, of course that was uh, went to a went to overtime uh nc state then managed to push it in for a touchdown after after uh, shutting north carolina down uh i believe actually they got a turnover on uh, north carolina's first possession and then of course the game ends with a with a nice little uh, brawl at the end of it so that's always a always a great way to end a game
0: yeah and some suspensions coming for both programs as a result of that brawl in the end zone yep. and the walk-off win then turns into an ugly situation. And I don't like fights, but we saw a couple fights in college and in the NFL over the weekend. And it reminds you that this is not a gentleman's sport, Jonathan. There's a lot of emotion. And yep. you now what's funny is they go hitting each other with helmets on. That's not quite quite as fun. I wish they'd take the helmets off and we could see some real some real punches being leveled. I'm kidding. Yep. Of course, they're going to suspend me for <laughs> saying stuff. But look, that's you know that's why people go to wrestling. That's why they go to NASCAR. They want to see violence, and you see plenty of violence out there with pads on. But yeah, these emotions get raw, especially after a walk-off win, as NC State got over their rival.
5: In- I, I do have to, I, I do have to chuckle a little bit at myself. You can always tell who the really smart players are. They're the ones that actually do take their helmets off to go fight the guys with the helmets on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jonathan I wish the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets would have had a little fight in them as they went over to Sanford Stadium between the hedges and for the first time in like 7 years Tech walks away losers between the hedges 45-21 the dogs get it done against Tech.
5: Yeah, that was a pretty much an ugly game. It was uh it was over by uh, pretty much at the end of the first quarter um georgia was up and they were only up 14 to 7 but at halftime you could you could see that they were uh, the clearly the dominant team halftime score was uh, 38 to 7 and then more or less georgia came out decided all right we're going to score one more time and then they emptied the bench so you know tech was able to make the score a little more respectable and they they played through it uh, but everything they did was largely against the, the second team so not a not a very favorable outcome if you're a Yellow Jacket fan.
0: Yeah, bad ending there. However, we want to tell te- Jacket fans, Georgia Tech finished second in the Coastal Division. I don't know what that's going to get them. Maybe a pat on the back from you,
5: Jonathan. But uh, th- That will get them a better bowl than if you would gotten third or fourth. Yeah,
0: but uh, <laughs> for a team that really started out sinking fast, and I know the, the final game, the rivalry game, was a disaster. But in between, especially toward the end of the season, Paul Johnson had some good stuff conference-wise for the guys in Atlanta. We're talking with Jonathan Lifeheight of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. When we come back, we're going to talk about some just-released ACC honors. We'll preview the big ACC championship game in Charlotte featuring Clemson and the Pitt Panthers and a little hoops news as well. All that coming up on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern and ACC accent.
3: Fragrance makes for dreamy holiday gifts and Ulta Beauty is the place to get them. So gift your impossible-to-impress daughter an irresistible scent from Clinique My Happy and gift your hard-to-please sister a fruity and floral scent from KKW Fragrance. And then get ready to gift yourself too because when you buy a fragrance of $50 or more, you'll get a free plush throw or luxury robe for having the good scents to gift great scents. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
0: Tying up the loose ends here on the Y'all Show where we discuss all things Southern, whether it be news, opinion, politics, and we also have cooking, barbecue news, and info. We've got fashion, not a whole lot of that, but we need more. Man, I need a heavy coat, one heavier than what I got. It's cold in a lot of large part of the South right now and getting colder, and it hadn't even arrived. Winter has not arrived. It won't come until like December 21st or 22nd when winter officially arrives so be on the lookout for a heavy coat for yours truly and we're talking with 24 7 sports and cbs sports digital's jonathan life on our acc spotlight jonathan you got a good winter coat
5: i, I do i actually got a a, a nice uh, leather coat that i wear for the winter and uh and then i also have a nice big gray uh, wool overcoat both oh. of which keep me nice and toasty
0: oh ah, well i am very envious of you what about You're a guy that's been up north, like where it's really cold for business purposes and stuff. I know not long ago you were in Canada. Uh, When you're you're in a really cold environment, do you put on like some kind of hat or anything like that, a stocking cap or anything?
5: I will. Um, I I actually spent a a, a, a couple days in Minnesota about five or six years ago in the middle of January, and it was like, uh 18 below and and you you would do anything to cover every little bit of your body up because when you walked outside and that wind hit you it would take your breath away
0: mm. all right well i hope we don't have those kind of temps in this part of the world anytime soon but yeah it might get well it might get that way this weekend in charlotte as bank of america stadium does not have a dome on it when they have the acc championship game we're going to preview that with jonathan momentarily but Jonathan. ACC honors have just been released the 2018 all ACC football team. I don't want to go through every single player here, but uh, the, the normal players that need attention, the quarterback for the first team offense is Ryan Finley of NC state running backs are Travis Etienne of Clemson and AJ Dillon of Boston college. Anything surprising with those threesomes, that trio no, of players?
5: Not really. I think uh, Etienne has been uh, probably uh, one of the better running backs in the, in the conference. And, uh, and he's probably, on a national basis, hasn't gotten much, uh, much uh, I guess, credit. But uh, he's certainly uh, deserving, I think, of the first team.
0: Yeah. Also, one of the players, I want to give him some love because they were bragging on him during the Georgia Tech-Georgia game. I saw Parker Braun, offensive guard for the Jackets, only a junior made it on this first team. And I think I heard where Paul Johnson called him the most valuable player on the entire team. Is that right?
5: I, I would probably rate him as that. He uh, he managed to garner several uh, offensive lineman uh, awards during, you know, off, offensive lineman of the week awards from the ACC. Um, and uh, I, this team, you know, it, I'd, I'd really be scary to think how bad they would be without having him out there. He's a really good uh, – he's a good leader. He's a good player uh, and really, you know, hits the hits the field with a lot of attitude. Yep. All right, Clemson,
0: I don't know how they pull this off, Jonathan. They only had three players make the first-team defense. I figured every single spot on defense would be the Clemson Tigers.
5: Yeah, and and there's probably good justification for it, but uh, Austin Bryant, I think, managed to slip down to second or third team. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, at least on the, on the defensive front, three of the four are from Clemson. No surprise there. I've been saying all along that might be the best uh, defensive front I've ever seen. Are you talking about Farrell, Wilkins, and Lawrence. Yeah, they are uh, it's just an unbelievable bunch. And and the, you know what the scary part is, is is all three of them are only juniors are only juniors. Uh, excuse me. Uh, no, two of the three are juniors. Um, mm-hmm. Wilkins will be uh, graduating, and then I believe Austin Bryant is also going to be graduating.
0: Okay. Well, Farrell's a junior. And Lawrence is a junior, so so some guys have plenty of experience. If they come back. They may not come back.
5: Yeah, let's hope not if you're the rest of the ACC.
0: (laughs) Guaranteed first-round picks, guys. Go ahead and take your money and run. Leave Pickens County if you can. Other members of the first-team defense include two players from UVA, Bryce Hall and Juan Thornhill, making it as a safety on the all-ACC team. As far as specialists, Syracuse had both the place kicker and the punter. And Greg Dortch, I guess, was, what is SP?
5: <coughs> Specialist. He'd be like kind of like probably like a return person.
0: Okay. Well, Greg Dortch of the Deeks making it on the first team, all ACC. And you can go to the ACC.com and get the list for the second teamers and such as the ACC just came out with all of the honors this week from the conference. That brings you the ACC championship game. And, Jonathan, that's where we go next here to talk about it on the Y'all Show as Clemson and the Pitt Panthers will face off at Bank of America Stadium. This will be one of those classic chilly nights there in the Queen City. A seven or an eight Eastern, seven Central kick in the Dr. Pepper ACC Championship game. Jonathan, tell me something that we just aren't going to get anywhere else about this game. What do you know that nobody else
5: knows? What do I know? Well, I know that Pitt has no chance. Okay. So
0: now tell me uh, how you really feel.
5: Yeah, okay. Clemson's going to whip them uh, every which way but lose. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty well uh, convinced that that, that it has no chance at this. And unfortunately, that's just hardly earth shattering uh, uh, commentary for, uh, on that. I think most people are kind of in that place at this point. Clemson's on a roll. Um, I think there's only one team in the country that can stop them at this point, and uh, that team's out of Tuscaloosa. So uh, it's just not a it's just not a big big. Not a big shocker to to see that their offense. I watched them play. Uh, we watched them play against South Carolina. I realized South Carolina defense was decimated by injuries, but they pretty much did did whatever they wanted, however they wanted. Um, and uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. They they had some rocky moments kind of there when they made that transition, but holy cow, he has uh, really uh, kind of cranked things up. And then between him and Travis Etienne and those young receivers they've got quite a, a, a lot of talent on their offensive side and we've already talked about their defense um, I, I just don't I don't see how Pitt can possibly uh, manage to, to do much they only managed to muster three points against Miami um, it will be surprising to me if they can uh, they'll probably not be held to three but I'll be really surprised if they can get past you know yeah. uh, more than a little bit. Well,
0: Sweeney made that call going to Lawrence, and and since that call, has Clemson had any challenge late in the game from anybody?
5: Um, Well, we mentioned Syracuse. Um, That's probably the only one. But other than that, I believe they've cruised to 20-point victories pretty much the entire season. So they really haven't had too much of a challenge. Um, You know, they kind of got things, once they got things squared away there, it was, you know, the bandwagon just rolled right along, so. All right, well, this, again,
0: will be the ACC championship game, 8 Eastern, Saturday night from Charlotte. Now, Jonathan, it is basketball time, and I didn't realize this because of all the heavy-duty turkey eating I was doing, evidently, but Duke has lost their first game of the year on the hard court as Gonzaga handed them a loss over the Thanksgiving break. Despite 45 points from freshman Zion Williamson, The Devils went down to Gonzaga, and now Duke has fallen to, I think, three in the latest poll. Gonzaga moves up to number one.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, Gonzaga was certainly not a a slouch. They were ranked number three coming into that game. Um, They managed to nip uh, Duke by just two. It was 89 to 87 out in Hawaii. Um, So, uh, But, uh, you know, kind of a surprise to see them lose kind of with – uh, given that Fab Five uh, that they have, kind of, that came in their, that recruiting class that was so incredible, but again, you know, at that level, if you don't come prepared every single night, you can play a team like uh, like Auburn or or uh, Gonzaga, and both of those are top ten teams, and if you don't come prepared, you're gonna get you're gonna get beat. So um, both of them, uh, you know, Auburn managed to keep it close, but Gonzaga was able to get over the top.
0: Yep. Jonathan, this week the ACC playing some games midweek against the Big Ten. Anything on that front you want to mention before we get out of here with you for the week?
5: Yeah, I believe uh, – I think the ACC has won uh, won last year. The last last year they've all been close. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see kind of uh, who manages to come out of there with uh, kind of the victory or if it'll end up tying. So, But uh, those games will start kicking off here in the next couple nights. I know the, the Yellow Jackets, for example, play tomorrow night. Uh, against Northwestern so we'll kind of see how it goes it's always always fun to see how the the two conferences fare against each other I think it's a a really fun series and I hope hope they'll continue that for a lot of years
0: and of course we have conference versus conference action coming later in December are those games usually like right around New Year's when those start
5: uh you're talking about the Big Ten Challenge No, no no
0: ACC conference play in in conference play
5: yeah that usually starts usually it's um Right around New Year's, the first game, a lot of times will be the first weekend after there. They might sneak one or two in right before New Year's, but generally speaking, New Year's is about the demarcation point for the conference play to start.
0: All right. And, again, you can follow all things ACC at 247sports.com, Jonathan's website that he does a great job is GoJackets.com, but no matter your ACC loyalty, 24-7 sports and CBS Sports Digital has a site that covers both football, basketball, and <laughs> recruiting, which is coming up pretty darn soon. When is that big signing date in December?
5: I believe it's, uh, I think it's got to be the 20th or the 21st. That's college uh, the football's
0: 20th. early signing date.
5: Actually, I'm pretty sure it's the 21st. I believe the 22nd, normally they do it the 22nd, but that's on a Saturday this year, so uh, I believe it will be on the 21st this year. So
0: it's not on a Wednesday like it is during the main deal where it's the first Wednesday in February?
5: Uh, correct. Okay. I guess they know what they're doing, Jonathan. Yep. Actually, I am I am wrong. It is on a Wednesday. It will be on the uh, December 19th. Okay.
0: All right. I thought they would maybe try to be a little consistent, but who am I? Jonathan sports 247sports.com. That's who he is. And I'm just the y'all guy. That's all you need to know about that here on the Y'all Show. Jonathan, we look forward to catching up with you after the championship game this weekend and cruising through the month of December with you. How about that?
5: Sounds good. I'm looking forward to
0: it. All right, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Well, that will wrap up our show for today. I want to thank you for tuning us in. I want to, again, thank Precious Harris for joining us with a Country Music Report and all the other goodies we brought your way, we hope you enjoyed it. Coming up on Thursday's, y'all, we're going to go to Alabama in Theodore Alabama, which is believe it or not south of Mobile, is Bellingrath Gardens and Home and we'll be discussing Magic Christmas and Lights which just kicked off the other day. It's going to run through the month of December. It's, it's truly a gem on the Alabama Gulf Coast and we'll be discussing that in our Dixie Destination on the Thursday, y'all. Plus we're going to talk about the SEC. Got a big championship game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium coming up, and that features the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we'll talk about that and what else is going on. Believe it or not, there's a couple of SEC games going on this weekend that are not part of the regular season. Well, they're, they were scheduled, and then because of the hurricane, they got pushed back. So there's more than just the championship game in the SEC this weekend, and we'll tell you a little bit about that. All in our SEC spotlight. So, all that coming on Thursday's Y'all Show. You don't want to miss it. Until that time, have a great rest of your PM. You've been listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent.
1: I can't believe it. That we're playing four-and-four four basketball with a barbershop quartet?
3: Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open,
1: just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO.
5: Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance.